Hey, everybody. Welcome to a special resource edition of the This Is Family podcast. I'm Ben Houck, Family Ministries Director here at Calvary. Our marriage seminar this year was absolutely incredible. It was an event blessed by God, and we've already heard many testimonies of strengthened marriages as a result. We really had such a wonderful time learning, laughing, and loving during this incredible two-day seminar. And we want to share in this general session, our main speakers, Reverend Brent and Sister Datha Brosen, share some insights on surviving the tough times with the topic, How to Survive the Crisis. Here now is the 2023 Calvary Marriage Seminar on this resource edition of This is Family. been so good to be here. You're just a tremendous audience to speak to, and uh, we, we're going to be praying for you uh, throughout the next few weeks and year uh, as we think about uh, what the Lord's doing in your life. Now, uh, last night, uh, Brother Nykirk, he's our, my uncle, he, I was walking up the street, up the street, walking up the aisle there, and he says, didn't tell me nothing new. <laughs> <laughs> uh, hey, that's that, 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 that. Here's one thing about it: you better learn from somebody who's experienced. Right. Don't don't learn from the the novice. You want to learn from somebody who's been married sixty plus years or fifty plus years. That's who you want to learn from. I want to. We want to talk to you today. This final lesson uh, about something that is important. And let me start with this. We were. I mentioned this downstairs, but we were uh, on a 25th honeymoon, honeymoon, <laughs> and uh, this anniversary, we went over to visit uh, Brother and Sister Pace, they were missionaries, and we took, they're in Austria, and so we took a couple of days and we went down to Venice, and so this was really, it wasn't our first international trip, but really one of the, one of the, yeah, it was one of our Really, time where we have vacation kind of thing. So since we were over there, we took some time off. So uh, it was, it was kind of unique from the very beginning. But on the way back, you could tell that, uh, uh, that Western thinking's coming in. So it said uh, that we needed to be back to get on the train at, uh, what was it, 1,600 hours. And so I'm, oh, 1,600 hours. Okay, we don't have to be back till 6 o'clock. You're better than I was. <laughs> so I said, let's, let's just, let's see what the best pizza we can get in Vienna. We're going to go to, we're just going to, from one place to the next. And so we're on our way back and it's about 4 or 4, 30. And I said, 1,600 hours. And as I started counting it down, I realized, uh, it's too late. We've already missed it. So we got back and there was uh, we couldn't exchange a ticket. There wasn't anything. They said, but we do have one, one train that's going back to Vienna, and it's an overnight uh, carriage. I thought, oh, that's going to be cool. That's, this is going to be perfect. So now we're going to see the Alps at night. So we take off, and it was a little stuffy in the room. So, so we got in the room, and we're starting to take off going down the tracks, and so we're settling everything around and hang up our clothes on this bar, and I pulled down the they had that little sleeper on the top, and it was so stuffy, I just 
I pulled down the window, and when I pulled down the window, I wanted to get a better look, so I, I peeked outside, and it's a good thing I looked in front, because there was this, this pole. I took my head off. I, I mean, I, I looked this way, and when I looked this way, I, it would have taken my head off. I mean, I was like, baby, whatever you don't do, don't look out the window. We'll just, so I put the window back up, and it was still a little stuffy, so I kept it down, and then the next day, we're waiting for breakfast to come in and uh, got a knock on the door and uh, so it was morning. So I thought, oh, let's get some fresh, some fresh air. And so I pulled it down, but not that far, just, you know, six, eight inches or so. And we sat down and they, and I pushed the clothes off to one end and we sat down and they put our trays down and we went into a tunnel. And so while we're going into, into the tunnel and they put the trays down and she walked out and closed the door and the moment that she walked out, we come out of the tunnel. Well, I had kept in my, uh, it was like a travel vest kind of thing, all our money, all our credit cards, both of our passports, everything that we owned on that trip was in that vest. And when we come out of that tunnel, it went out the window. Exactly. But fortunately, it had a coin purse on it. And the coin purse got hung up on a hanger and it was flapping on the side of the car. <laughs> so I pulled it inside and we sat back and we didn't say anything for about 90 seconds. We just sat there, just breathing heavy. And the first thing that she said to me was this, we're not very good international travelers. <laughs> and she was right. <laughs> uh. But we're traveling together. It's just a different journey. Now, I'm gonna tell you, when you travel in life, a lot of stuff happens. Life happens. Uh, you think it's gonna happen one way, and then you get married and live life, and stuff happens. On the way down, this week, just this week, we've had uh, Sister Sivy open heart surgery uh, with her husband, spending time in a hospital room. And she's done well, thank God. We've had uh, another couple that called and their house almost burned to the ground and now they're nine months in a hotel room waiting for a rebuild. Um, on the way down, I got a call from a parent that said, I got a 14-year-old and we just found out that he's messed around with drugs, didn't, had no clue. And the list, that's, that's just this week. Now, at the same time, we've got, last year we had more marriages. We had five couples get married. We're just celebrating the last two weeks. One of those young couples just bought a new home, excited about it. We have another couple that's expecting their third child and celebrating that. So good things and bad things happen in life. It, it just, it, it, life's, here's one thing you need to realize. Life is not all good. But life is not all bad either. It's a little bit of both. What we want to talk to you about is what my marriage, what I need from my marriage in times of crisis. 
Because if you're not in one, you probably will be someday. And what do we get from our marriage? What do I need? What, do, what strength do I need from my marriage when I go through times of crisis? Uh, I, I won't, don't want to belabor the point, but we were just starting that church in the Chicagoland area. Hadn't been there three years. And um, just overnight, I remember getting up and uh, the the right side of my body. I just, I couldn't get it to move. So I didn't want to make, wake my wife. I just got up and was kind of hobbling down the, the hallway thing. I'll just, I'll just walk it off. You know, at this stage of life, I mean, I'm 39 years old. I just walk it off. I was playing racquetball yesterday, and, and, but it didn't walk it off. And so I called the hospital and I said, look, I, here's what's going on. And uh, so what, what do you think I should do? She said, well, uh, I think you're having a stroke. You need to come into the emergency room. So I'll tell you what, I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give it a half hour. If the symptoms don't change, I'll be in. And she said to me, I hope you make it. I said, I'll be there in 10 minutes. <laughs> Crisis moments. Stage four. Sir, we don't think you're, you're going to live. Um, you've got it in your bones, your skin, your lymph nodes. You're not going to live. We'll just try to prolong your life a couple of years. Whew. Thank God. Just a few years later, uh, my wife has been, she was having some issues with uh, auras, kind of a, a seizure. We've been keeping things under um, control with some seizure medication 2008, the December of 2008, she had 38 seizures. Wow. Wow. 38 seizures. And then uh, we did a lot of testing. After four hospitals, seizure clinics, finally found uh, at Northwestern, downtown Chicago, we found a place that found a spot on her brain and needed to do brain surgery. I'm talking about crisis. I'm not talking about burnt toast. I'm talking about crisis moments in life. And uh, uh, just her and I, downtown, waiting for the doctor to come. Uh, surgery. This is how, this is awesome right here. I remember her saying to me, she said, look it. You can't, I'm going to have this surgery, but I've got to tell my parents because if they think you're making me have this surgery and something goes wrong, she's already thought this through. I want them to know this is my decision because <laughs> me too. We've not talked about this in a while. No, we haven't. She said, I want them to know it was my decision, and I don't want them to blame you. She's awesome. So in crisis moments, and here, here's, here's what marriage seminars do. It reminds us what we need in marriage because when you get in the middle of a crisis, that's not time to fix it. 
That's when you draw from what you've already put into your marriage. When, by the time, you need Kleenex too. <laughs> by the time you get into crisis, that's when you draw from that bank, that strong bank. So you better be working at it right now for when crisis comes. Here's some things we need in times of crisis. First of all, I need to be desired and loved. I need to know that because you talk about feeling like damaged goods. I mean, things changed unbelievably. Physically, they changed unbelievable. Do you still love me? Am I still desirable? I needed to know from her. Do you still love me? And I, I remember when my hair fell out and we're in the chemo and I kind of got used to it. And it was, hey, it's pretty easy. I'm looking at my brother down on the front row. He's shaking his head. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty easy. So uh, we, we got to the end of it and things, it started to come back. And the whole time she said, oh, baby, you look, you, you look so cute. Because I was complaining about it. I, I think I'm going to get some hats. And she said, oh, you, you, look, you look cute. So we got to the end of it, and my hair started to come back. I said, you know, I think I'm just going to keep it this way. And when she knew it was coming back, she says, well, we'll talk about it. <laughs> <laughs> but she made me feel desirable. She loved me. Emotionally and physically still attached because I felt like damaged goods. I remember the, thing, the same thing you were talking about. My surgery, they had to shave my head. And uh, yeah, I was feeling not so cute. And it started growing back and I had a little pixie something. Or, pixie, they call it pixie cut. So I, I was starting to get a little bit of hair. And we were getting ready to go in the hospital. And this still sticks out in my mind. Um, we were getting ready to go into the doctor's office. And he it was like he'd seen me. He hadn't really paid, you know, seen me for a while. And I was like, you look really cute like that. <laughs> you look real, and that, that, you're right. It just did something for the moment. It just makes you feel like, okay, everything's going to be okay. I don't have much hair right now, but I'm still okay. He's okay with me. So I felt really cute that day. <laughs> you need to build that in right now. Secondly is, I need affirmation, not cynicism. Now, I'm not just talking about physical things. I'm talking about crisis like um, when the house burns down, when the kids go haywire, when something happens in the family and we start saying, well, if you hadn't have been so, if you hadn't have, whatever, we need, we need affirmation at that time. How are we going to get through this together? Because we can burn our own house down if we're not careful. I've seen families, it's like a can of gas and a match, and somebody's ready to burn the whole thing down when crisis comes. They're ready to just end it all right there because maybe they've lived vicariously through their kids versus keeping a marriage strong. And then when something happens there, they're so emotionally attached that they can't even give their kids the benefit of a strong marriage because they haven't strengthened this marriage. 
So what we need is not cynicism or criticism. Here's what you need to remember. We're not competitors. We're companions. We're, we're not competing for our kids' affection, or, or, but we're companions as we go through life. Build that into your relationship. So when it comes to affirmation, we affirm even, maybe I did cause a few things to happen that went wrong. Maybe I did underestimate the, the, the fallout that was going to come. But how are we going to get back from here? Baby, we're going to make it. Everything's going to be okay. We're, if we have to rebuild again, because I want to tell you, at those moments of crisis, uh, you know, we're pretty strong, pretty resilient. But when you get to, to that point, it's almost like a smoldering candle. All it takes is, and it's out. Never, never rob someone of hope. It may be the only thing they've got. Your affirmation can fuel the flames back where we fight another day. I need to laugh. Uh, there, there were moments that it was even difficult to laugh. Um, you, people don't know how to, sometimes they don't know how to be around you when you are in uh, crisis moments. They don't know what to say. And so I, I would even play this game with myself. Um, somebody would call and they'd heard that I had cancer. And so they'd call and they didn't want to just come out and say, hey, I, I hear you got cancer. They don't even like to say the word. And so I had this, when I'd pick up the phone, I'd almost wait till the minute hand got to the top and go, pick up the phone, and I'd say, hey, how, how you doing? And I'd say, oh, man, I'm doing great. How you doing? Good, good. Everything going well? And rather than just saying, yeah, you probably heard, I'd say, oh, man, things are great. We're doing really good. How about you? I wanted to see how, isn't that a morbid game? Just morbid. <laughs> I wanted to see how long it would take them before they would say, the word cancer. <laughs> hey, I heard you had cancer. Oh, that's four minutes and 38 seconds. And so I was, yeah, that is, that's terrible. I, that's, hey, I, you're just, I'm just trying to find someplace. And so here's what would happen. I would want to, I wouldn't even know how to laugh, but I would just be in a room where they were, had laughter. Don't rob your home of laughter, even in moments of crisis. We even kind of laugh about it right now. Uh, we'll, if something happens, I'll say. <laughs> I blame everything on brain surgery. And I blame everything on cancer. What do you expect? I had cancer. I can't remember that. Brain surgery. <laughs> wow, what a couple. I mean, you talk about morbid. <laughs> Hey, when it comes to crisis, there comes moments you just, if you don't laugh, you'll die. You'll die. One of the best pieces of advice I ever got from Brother Terry Cox, he said, look, you're going to spend every day living or you're going to spend every day dying. When it comes to crisis, you're going to live that crisis every single day or you're going to rebuild and you're going to live. Why don't you make up your mind that we are going to live through this crisis together? Because we've built some things into our marriage, and that's what you're doing right now. Fourthly, I need a spiritual environment in my home. Remember how we, why don't you just tell them a little bit about our, our, our environment? 
Well, um, one thing that really was intentional was every Saturday, and this was, we were just starting our church at that time, so we could fit everybody in our living room. And um, they decided on their own, we're going to come, we're going to have prayer every Saturday night. We're going to put our faces in the couch and just plead the blood of Jesus on this home. And, and they did that for us, but I remember them trying to carry that through and through prayer, and it just made a difference. We put our, we have little, little stickers, not stickers, they're, they're actually still there. We're getting removed, so I'm taking them with us, and I'll tell you what they are. They're these little uh, cards, index cards, and we have put a scripture and you know above our, our kids' bedrooms. This home's, this home's protected by the blood of Jesus. And um, we've, I've still got them up in my little, up, you can't see them too well, but they're there, and we believe, I believe that made a difference in scriptures. I put stuck scriptures everywhere. Actually, uh, Calvin's getting ready to move his bed, and there's, <laughs> there's scriptures and, and anointing cobs all stuck up in it, all stuck up in his, in his bed, in his bed mattresses. So, but that helps. That I know that's a supernatural thing, but just be very intentional about that. Prayer, and we know that prayer changes everything. This is what the Lord helped us with, is that you can get so down that it's even difficult to pray for yourself. It's just, it's just difficult. It's difficult to create that spiritual environment. It's difficult, it's difficult to even speak a word of faith because it, you know how you feel. Listen, we're body, soul, and spirit, and you can't, they're interconnected. You can't divorce one from the other. And so what happens is, is when our when our physical, I used to think that that older people were grumpy because they were old. Here's what I realized. You're not old because you're you're not grumpy because you're old. You're old, you're grumpy because you don't feel good. It's so interconnected that I got grumpy. I got, and then it just dawned on me. But you can't let your spirit, you got to protect your spirit. You've got to have a spiritual atmosphere in your home. In those moments of crisis, and this is what I'm thankful for, when you do that, there'll be moments that uh, you, you'll be down, but thank God. We've never been down at the same time. I'd be so down that I'm just wondering if the sun's coming up in the morning and she'll walk in. We're going to make it. Everything's okay. I'm like, do you see something I don't see? (laughs) We've never been down together. And that one needs to bring a spiritual environment into the home. And that is the Lord. And that's the Lord. That's when we rely on him. Number five, patience. That's very important because we're your emotions are are a lot of times everywhere, and I, this this is something that stands out in my mind that he needed extra patience for. When I, I can't remember what event we were at, but it camp was meeting. someplace. It was I think it was camp meeting. It was Thursday night of camp meeting. <laughs> he still remembers. <laughs> and I was uh, getting ready. Well, he, he, he needed to be somewhere. He's a press person. He needed to be somewhere at a certain time. And I was hurrying my very fastest. And I was just to go into. And finally, he had said it one, one too many times. <laughs> and he turned and walked. I took my, he's, last thing he, he said, I, I saw the hairbrush come zinging by my. <laughs> <laughs> I had had it. 
<laughs> of course, I don't remember it because I had brain surgery. <laughs> <laughs> So patience is a virtue. It's needed. <laughs> but when you're on four heavy hitter medications to reduce seizures, you don't even know who you are at times. So in times of crisis, things and events change to the place that I don't even recognize who I am. As a spouse, we need to be patient. We need to be patient with one another because we're not just getting, she's not just getting through it. I'm not just getting through it. We're getting through this together. Amen. And so I help my kids be patient. She helps our kids be patient. Uh, just it, it, patience truly is a virtue. Sixthly is contentment and not comparison. Uh, uh, I know, I know things are better across town. We know, but what I need is not comparison. We can't compare, we can't compare our home, our circumstances. We don't compare our environment to anybody else. We're content because God knows his timing is ultimate. And when God brings us through, it's done. Uh, looking back, we are stronger today because of what we went through. Absolutely. There are some things that we rely upon today because of what we went, went through those days. Now, now we've we come across some things and it's like, man, I've had more on my lip and spit. Come on, we can, we can get through that. <laughs> I don't know where that came from either. <laughs> It's not that bad. We can make it because the Lord has brought us through this far. So we're not comparing our current circumstances. And I want to say this. Be careful about the decisions that you make when you're down because you got to live with them. You give God enough time to get you through so your perspective is a little different. Somebody say amen. I want to say too that when that happens and you can get through it and you're, you've got, we had two kids at that time and they were watching all that transpire. They were watching the hard, the hard time. And yet they were also seeing that positive, not because of us, literally it was the Lord. It was supernatural help of the Lord, but they have a reference that I wouldn't trade for anything because mm -hmm. they are going to go through things. They have gone through things. And for your children, you, they're going to have a reference if you can get through it just like, like this, like we're, we are challenging you to do. Because your kids, they will need a reference of a miracle, a reference of God's faithfulness. And I thank him for that. That alone is miraculous. If you'll build this into your marriage now, when you get to the times of crisis, you can live through it. In Alaska, there's a, it's called the Willans Ice Flow. It's a, it's a glacier. It's, it's, it's about the size of, of from here to St. Louis and from here to Chicago. And it shifts, it moves uh, about every, every 30 minutes to an hour. 
it, it grinds on the, on the granite floor of the ocean and it's pulled towards, gravity just pulls it forward into the ocean. And about every 30 minutes, uh, there's such a seismic uh, just tremor that in Australia, it reads about 7.8 on the Richter scale. But if you're standing on top of it, you can't hardly feel what's even going on. If you build the right things into your marriage, it can register a 7.8 with others. But if you've got God on your side and you've built the right things into your marriage, you might not even feel People won't even recognize what's going on on the outside because we have just trusted in the Lord and placed the right thing. Listen, you can get through anything together. Stand to your feet. What a great time to be together. I trust, here's my prayer for you, is that you'll take just a few principles and probably some of them, if not all of them, you're not unfamiliar with. It's things you already know that you need to do. But let them boil to the top. Let them become the priority in your life. And in all times, you're going to grow. It's not going to get worse. It's only going to get better. And if or when crisis comes, we'll be stronger. Take your spouse by the hand. Lord, I pray for grace and mercy. Lord, those things that have got to be an outcrop of our own souls, but yet we don't have enough love. We haven't been modeled grace and mercy and from our own family circumstances. But Lord, as we rely upon you, from our own inner being comes from us, not our love, your love. You will provide enough love and grace, perseverance to help us with our own marriages. And I pray the blessings of the Lord upon these couples. We, we've invested. We've made it a priority. And Lord, in the days, weeks, months, and years to come, I'm asking for a special anointing, a blessing to fall upon them as we lift our heads to you. For we look at our spouse through the love of God. I'm asking that you'd touch them today. Give them encouragement. In the name of Jesus Christ, we pray. And everyone said, amen. Love you very much. May God richly bless your home. If you've enjoyed this podcast, please take a few moments to give us a rating on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen. And if you don't already follow Calvary on social media, make sure you like, subscribe, and share on your favorite platform at Calvary Tab Indy. We hope you'll join us next month for another episode of This Is Family. For now, we say farewell, and we pray God's blessings on your family.